0: Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are joined by anxiety, cause well, it's just the worst. <laughs> um, now we are joined by nobody except myself and I and legit my anxiety. I am coming down off of a panic attack. Good times. I am thankful for uh, for medication and tranquilizers, and that I have support enough. Uh, supportive enough friends and family and loved ones and uh, fellow believers that I can be open about this kind of thing, and I hope that it makes others feel they can be open about it as well, Um, because we need to be able to be. Anyways, uh, today we are talking about a movie that, uh, I did this as a brief uh, patron-exclusive episode, but... Now's where we are, uh, we're diving into it a fair bit more. Um, we are looking at, uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman, the latest DC movie that is not part of the DCEU, and it's probably for the better, although at the same point, man, if the EU could get as good as this movie is, then I wouldn't have <laughs> as much... <laughs> Borderline. Uh, I was about to jokingly say disdain. Um, no, nah, I don't. I, I don't have disdain for the DCEU. It just hasn't been working out as much as you'd like. Anyways, um, before we get into it, I just want to address. Um, <laughs> someone mentioned like, "Hey, are you switching up the theme again?" Because uh, we used to have a different theme song, and then we switched it up. Uh, this is actually in reference to the OCR shorts. Um, I like having fun making loops and themes and whatnot in GarageBand, um, and it was another day where I was just having a very bad anxiety episode, so I got focused on coming up with the theme, and then I was like, you know what? The heck with it. I'm going to have a fun theme, less hip hoppy um, for the shorts uh, than the theme for the, for the rest of the show, and maybe I'll work that into sub-series and whatnot. Uh, we did that with Into the Weeds. Um, maybe I'll do it with Unmade and other stuff going forward or not. I I also just like having one theme. Um, but moving on. So the Batman, um, I was on the record of being a bit apprehensive about this movie before it came out. Um, that was not an offense to Matt Reeves. Um, I don't know if I've actually seen any of his other work, Um, but it was more so, and it it wasn't even about Robert Pattinson, uh, Bat-Pats, just because, I mean, if you look at the history of Batman castings, with the exception of Christian Bale, um, everybody's reacted like, really? Um, when Michael Keaton was first cast in the eighties, there was hate letters and stuff. If there was a there was twitter at the time it would have been something stupid like what happens when uh when the internet doesn't like a casting now um and sorry i shouldn't use stupid so loosely i do apologize i'm not trying to be negative it's just the internet is at times not a good place uh, and how they react to castings can reflect that um <laughs> ben affleck was another interesting uh experience where I still think there's an amazing Batman out of Ben Affleck, but he did not get the chance to play him because uh, in Batman Superman, uh, which if you like that movie, power to you. That's awesome. I'm not a fan. Um, that was very much Frank Miller's Murder Batman, and that's not my. That's not. That's not who I think of when I think of Batman. And then in the theatrical cut of Justice League, he was very much Tony Stark Batman. Um, we didn't get comic book Batman, at least not a Frank Miller comic book Batman, in those two outings. Uh, I can't speak to the Snyder Cut because I have yet to watch it. I do plan on it, though. Um, and I've heard some good things. Um, and I've also heard other things. Anyways, I'll let you know when I eventually watch it. Um, that's the fun thing with anxiety and depression. It makes things you enjoy less enjoyable and at times difficult to do i digress (laughs) uh so uh my brother-in-law was like hey let's go see this and i had heard good things and my expectations were a bit low because honestly um i don't think the ratio to amazing batman movies to or good batman movies least live action to not so good ones isn't set in stone uh so far still my favorite live action batman movie is batman begins that one is the most like comic book batman i've seen on the big screen dark knight as amazing as it is that's chris nolan's batman the second batman is like oh someone else can be me is no longer batman sorry about that i just dropped the screwdriver for uh for my phone case so sorry about that noise um And especially after Batman, Superman, and Justice League, um, when I was seeing the Batman, I was like, okay, it looks cool, it looks looks moody and atmospheric, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work as a great film. Um, And it also looked crowded. It looked very, very crowded. Um, which is always something I'm nervous about when it comes to comic book movies, unless you've got a proven director or directors in the case of the Russo's brothers, um, where you're like, alright, these these cats, no ensembles, I got nothing to worry about. Um Taika Waititi YTD is is quite similar now. Um So I, I I was a bit nervous about it. Um So when I went and saw it, kid you not Within five minutes, I was in. I was in. The movie won me over fairly, fairly quickly. Uh, the direction from Matt Reeves was outstanding. The acting from the cast was, was honestly fantastic. Um, just running down the list, um, you have Robert Pattinson, who, like, of course, everybody bags on him for Twilight but nobody hates it's an it's a meme at this point nobody hates Twilight like Pattinson hates Twilight and he's done a bunch of films since um which I'll admit I haven't seen where they're like no nah, there's a there's a great actor here uh and his performance was really 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 good um I can get to the nitpick in a little bit for it but it was it was still really good um who might have stolen the show was Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle? Now, the only other movie I've ever seen Zoe Kravitz in was X Men First Class, and she was—I want to say bad, but it, it might have just been she wasn't given a lot to do. The character was a bad character, um, so there was little, uh, there was little to nothing for it. Uh, so I was blown away by her performance because that's the only other Zoe Kravitz performance I have in my mind, and then. Evidently, she is a fantastic actress. Uh, she was she was outstanding. Uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, who was a very different take on the Riddler than than your traditional comic book one. Um, I had shades of Arkham, um, and. In some aspects, I feel like this could have been a very Burton-esque Riddler, which I'll, I'll also get to. Um, but it worked because it was still very much you—you you could still see a lot of comic book Riddler within him. Uh, but they actually had him be a person who would who would get his hands dirty. Um, There's still Arkham video game aspects because we're in a post Arkham Batman landscape, and that video game series rightfully so would influence batman going forward period um we had the entirely unrecognizable colin farrell as the penguin colin i love you (laughs) uh sorry that's just a reference to back in the day and maybe i'll be able to attach a picture in the in on the instagram um I had a from my church's day camp, I ended up somehow getting or winning a cardboard cutout of Colin Farrell <laughs> from back in his phone booth days and it was just uh so many inside jokes. Um but he is literally unrecognizable as the penguin. Um to the point that the entire time you're like no, that's not him. Like the prosthetics and everything are just super good. Um but then I think it's also a testament to his acting, the voice he puts on for the character, you don't hear him. You do not hear Colin Farrell at all. Um, like he's, he's done other good performances, but like, if you think back to his bullseye from his terrible Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, um, and how he just didn't even try to hide, his, to hide his, accent. It's night and day where you're like, man, I wish that that movie had taken, <laughs> had allowed him to take the role as seriously as this one did. Uh, his Penguin was fantastic. Um, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon was outstanding as Commissioner Gordon. Um, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone was awesome. And then you also had Andy Serkis um, as Alfred Pennyworth. He didn't get to be in as much as I would have liked, but he, he was still there. And his Alfred was a bit different. Um, if I was going to liken it to a game, I would liken it to... The the relationship he has with Batman is very much like if you if you're an Arkham Games fan... It's very much like the relationship that Alfred had with, um, with Batman in Arkham Origins, um, where it's, it's kind of strained and everything, but it's, it's good. And, and Andy Circus, uh, Smeagol, Gollum, uh, King Kong, um, the ape, uh, Caesar, um, from Planet of the Apes himself, um, was, was... Great. The, this movie is casted so well from top to bottom. Like it I I wasn't aware of just how many people were in the movie and then as I'm seeing it I'm just like dang son this the cast is awesome. Um so I'm trying to avoid spoilers even though the movie's been out for a while um just because I well I want to avoid spoilers. Um I might eventually go into a bit more spoilers and that's not to say this will be entirely spoiler free because I will address some nitpicks that tie into the end but still um for the most part this is honestly it it quickly became it it's my second favorite Batman movie and once it's out on DVD and I buy it it, it it's possibly in contention um for first it is very much uh, comic book Batman on the big screen. Now it's not it's not entirely comic book Batman um, because the way they're doing Bruce Wayne is the the billionaire playboy is not there. Now maybe that facet will show up in the second one. Uh, cause even though this isn't an origin story and it's wise for it, it's Batman. So it's always going to tie in his parents are dead. Um, and that the loss of his parents impacts him tremendously. It's his primary, it's like his modus operandi as to why he's Batman. Um, so maybe we'll see that he's very much Uh, Pattinson's Bruce Wayne is very much in the vein of Michael Keaton's. Uh, He's a hermit. He's a recluse to the point that when he's showing up at things um, as, as the Riddler's killing people, when he shows up, the press is like, holy crap, it's Bruce Wayne. We haven't seen him in years (laughs) Um, kind of thing. So it's, I guess that's where I can talk about the style of this movie. It's very much a wonderful hybrid of the two Burton movies and the Nolan movies. Um it's it's somehow a balance of both cuz Nolan's movies were like hey we want to we want to be a bit realistic. And this one does lean to that a bit. Um there's points where Gotham is both New York and Chicago, but Gotham also has this dark gothic moody atmosphere to it that Burton's Gotham brought out in spades. Um, stylistically, I think it leans a bit, it does, it, it, it takes the best part of both of those um, to the point that now this is going to sound like a slam, but I uh, I enjoy the Burton movies for what they are. They're not what I would call amazing Batman movies. I, I enjoy Tim Burton's Batman. But again, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're not necessarily comic book Batman, but I still enjoy them. But this is where I'd be like, man, this is like if the Burton Batman movies were good, <laughs> which sounds really, really harsh. And I know I just up the set a lot of fanboys, but let me explain that a bit. As much as I enjoy the Burton Batman movies and they are good. Um, so I probably shouldn't say it. It's just a funny dig. Um, where i find those movies lack is the action and up until batman superman batman movies live action have lacked in the action and even in batman superman the only good bit was the very arkham sequence when he's rescuing um martha kent um but then the re- and a couple of little bits here and there but still the action movie is this the action in the batman takes a lot of the moody aspect of and theatricality that you got shades of especially in batman begins um but especially in burton's batman movies but then it's got the best batman action in live action ever put to film like the fluidity of the movement with the suit, and you're getting wide shots, and we're actually like, sure, you're not seeing necessarily amazing martial arts Batman, but you're seeing, you could almost think it of it to a degree of MMA Batman, where, I mean, Batman in the comics mastered like eight or however many, like so many different martial arts that. We're never going to get that with the kind of suit that a live-action Batman movie requires, um, but the fluidity of the movement and the theatricality with it—like one of the things I love about it, where it bought, it got me buying the movie very early on—was as Batman's like doing voiceover narration. The uh, the bat signal goes up, and then the people doing the crimes, when they see it. They get scared. They're suddenly like checking the shadows. They're nervous. They're on the watch and they're like, all right, let's get the heck out of here before he shows up. He might be here like he's out. Um, And he's very much like, (laughs) I want to say ruling through fear, but it's there. Like most people who have encountered him and they're like, who know he's not a, who's not, not a myth are terrified of him. And I love that like i loved the actual fear that people had of him um and then in his first scene uh like he's got these huge boots so as he's walking it's just like silence and then the slow steps um to the point that there's a joke of the movie's three hours long if he just picked up his pace it could be about two hours (laughs) um but jokes aside like it's it's, it reminds me of almost like building up the, uh, the anticipation that you got with the Rex in Jurassic Park. Um, but it builds up this anticipation, uh, and the tension for Batman and it's awesome. Um, and then when he starts fighting the fluidity, the momentum, the movement, and then some of the shots we got are just so gorgeous where it's like it's silhouetted it's like flashlight going around not quite on him i don't think we got a single zoomed in shot where it was like hey we're 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 restricted by movement so we got to cut in close to make it more intense uh because i'll also say the action in the nola movies not that great as well um when it came to one-on-one fights um when it came to like Batman swooping down and picking people up and picking them off one by one from the shadows. Yes. Um, but then when it came to time for Batman to throw punches and everything, it was a zoomed in mess. Um, this does not have that problem. Uh, Batman takes a bunch of punches and I, I like it. Um, cause he's pure rage. So he's open to mistakes. Like, One of the things I love with the movie is they're like, this is year two of Batman. Um, So he's still early on in his career. If you were going to tell me that his Batman, uh, that Pattinson's Batman and Bruce Wayne were in his early to mid twenties, I believe it. Now this is where it ties into a nitpick. At times he looks a little emo and a little sullen. uh, And I get it. That's what they're going for. But it's. (laughs) He'll be out of the bat mask and just hasn't taken the eye makeup off. And you're just kind of like, all right, bruh, you can, you can take that off now. Um, Other than that, though, the performance was good. I'm looking forward to seeing that performance grow. Um, And it had the bangs down in front of the hair where you're like, all right, we got a little bit of the 2000s emo sensibility here. Like, nobody understands me. Uh, Which... A lot of us have felt that way. It's just easy to poke fun like that. I'm not actually trying to poke fun. Anyways, um... Like, it's... Aside from that, that's just nitpick. I really enjoyed his Bruce Wayne. Um, and it would have just been nice to see it be a little less emo. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that grow. Um, I can't rave enough about this movie. It is... It is outstanding. Um... I guess another nitpick. Okay, well, actually, two nitpicks. One, I'm not going to spoil, because it would be right at the ending. Actually, yeah. Um, It's just kind of like, hey, there's this big sacrifice moment, and then it's just undercut like two seconds later, and it's kind of like, what was the point? Why did we do that? (laughs) Like, who was that for? What was the point? Uh, it, it, It just, it was borderline unnecessary when the movie's like hey it's not it it," when he sits up after the sacrifice play like two seconds later it's kind of like all right there was you didn't even get me emotionally invested in the sacrifice play (laughs) um you didn't even have give me time to start to think it's legit um so aside from that and uh this is i'll admit just a fully nitpicky nitpick uh batman in this movie sneaks up on people that's a trait of batman it's awesome uh but he sneaks up on catwoman who who then leaves their conversation on on her motorcycle and then you cut to batman hopping on his motorcycle you can't sneak up on somebody on a motorcycle. It's just it just kind of took me out of the moment. It was one of those I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm here for it. I can I, I, I can go away from it for a little bit, but it was just kind of funny and my brother-in-law Caleb and I were laughing in the car, being like, I want to see that scene. Where he like stops a mile out or half a mile out, and then puts the bike in neutral and then slowly pushes it, or like Taught, like carries it on his back super silently so she can't see it it's just one of those like all right if you got to the mo- like him hopping the motorcycle at least that's not in the general vicinity of where they are then it wouldn't take me out but it was it was just that and it's just a little silly it doesn't actually impact the the rest of the movie um overall the movie is i can't state enough It's it's fantastic. it's a surprisingly wonderful um, balance of the best aspects, best aspects of the Burton movies, of the Nolan trilogy. Um, it's taking what worked from both and coalescing into like a wonderfully atmospheric, very artistic film. Um, it's I, I did not think I would enjoy it nearly as much as I did. Um, I came out of this movie just absolutely loving it, like just absolutely loving it and wanting more, um, which was a very, very, very pleasant surprise because going in, I wasn't, I wasn't that excited for it. Now again, part of that can be the, uh, part of that can be depression just because it's like, Hey, things you enjoy doing. Uh, like reading comics, uh, recording podcasts, writing and all that suddenly even, or even watching movies, suddenly that can become, it can lose its appeal. It can become stressful. Yes. Even watching a movie or a show can be anxiety inducing somehow. It sucks. It's not fun. Um, (laughs) So it's just, I wasn't sold on the movie and I I love it. I absolutely love it. I was, I was blown away by it. Um, and you know what? A huge thing I got a shout out in particular as well is the score, um, from the one and only Michael Giacchino. Uh, his theme for Batman is very unique. It's at times almost like a funeral dirge. I actually love it. Um, Where it's got some, it's of course haunting and intense, but it also has a layer of tragedy to it. And that actually plays in at the end. Um, And the use of bells in it is awesome, where there's a moment where he does talk to Catwoman and she's... Okay, spoilers. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, skip ahead about a minute. Um, Okay, spoilers start in 3... Two one All right so at the end uh, Catwoman's dipping she's leaving town and she invites Batman to go with them with her because she's got a bit they've they've had a bit of a romance going on and Batcat is very much a thing in this movie and it worked um, And she's like, come with me and then the bat signal goes up and she's like, you're already spoken for And then even though you know he'd be happy going with her, he stays and then it's as he's deciding to stay and the theme hits where it's like almost like the bells are tolling and you're like this is this is who he is and this is how he will end Um, and it just had this wonderful slight tragedy to it that that was just outstanding three two all right, we're back from end of spoilers. And if you listened the whole way through, sorry for the counting. That was just for the people avoiding the spoilers. Um, yeah, the Giacocino theme for Batman himself, outstanding. Uh, his theme for Catwoman had shades, at least to me at points, reminded me to a degree of Danny Elfman's score in... Um, and theme that would be there to a degree for uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and this just the whole soundtrack was was outstanding. Um, and again, I found myself reminded through various cues of both the scores from the Burton films by Danny Elfman, and then of course the scores from the Nolan movies, um, which were Hans Zimmer and then uh, James Newton Howard um and his involvement in batman begins um and the dark knight might be like those are my two favorites of those no offense to hans zimmer he does some great stuff but the emotional stuff that um james newton howard brought to the scores i've really missed in batman um uh sorry in the dark knight rises um but Michael Giacchino is is such a talented composer. Um, who people like who got his start in video games. He did the old Medal of Honor video game series. He did the majority of those scores. Um, but where he really rose to prominence, he did up in two thousand nine, along with the. Um, he's done the scores for the three Kelvin timeline Star Treks, um, and he's also done the scores for so many other films. Um the Jurassic the Jurassic World score. That's him. Um Star Wars Rogue One. The Spider-Man like the Spider-Man MCU trilogy. That's all him. And the Batman is another terrific addition to this guy's catalog, where Giacchino is such an amazing composer who's able to reference other people's work organically where it's paying homage but it's and sometimes yeah lifting lifting like direct cues but then other times taking inspiration from those cues so you know what they're harking back to and building his own original sound around it and the score for the batman is one of the best superhero film scores in quite some time it's it's dark it's brooding it's tragic, it's tense, it's atmospheric, um, the score is outstanding, um, and everything I feel I said that describes the score could describe the film. So, with all that being said, if you haven't seen The Batman, if you still can, do yourself the favor, I would recommend go seeing it in theaters. I am so glad I ended up seeing this on the big screen before it hit the small screen, um, it was, it was awesome. The sequences will always play really, really well, but especially like that Batmobile chase where uh, that's another nitpick. I'm not that huge on the actual design of the Batmobile. I like when the Batmobile has a bit more character to it than a souped up, than it's just like a, a souped up car or a car with slightly different angles and a rocket slap to it. Um, not saying this is a bad Batmobile. Um, it's still... It just... I don't know. I found other ones more imaginative. But the sequence with this Batmobile is outstanding. Um, and <laughs> I was actually in the... It was the first time I was seeing a movie in the Cineplex theaters in quite some times. And we were in the D-Box um, where it's like the seats... Are, it's almost like when you see a thing at Canada's Wonderland where the seats shake and move. During that Batmobile sequence, like, I was getting tossed around. I couldn't put my drink back in the cup. It was awesome. And that whole time I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, yeah, I cannot rave about this movie enough. It is awesome. Please check it out. Um, and when you do, I really, I really think you'll enjoy it and I hope you enjoy it. All that being said, uh dear listener, thank you for listening. Um and thank you for supporting One Cross Radio um through prayer, through through Patreon. Shout out to our patrons, um Bex and Nathan and anybody else who's considering. Uh thank you so much. Um thank you to my loving friends and prayer warriors, um, people who've been praying for me and Jill nonstop. Just in general, thank you to my amazing mother because she's amazing and just my loving, supportive family um, and friends. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and I'm thankful for y'all. And I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you're being safe. Take care and God bless my friends. Peace.